0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Kaiju Carnage. I am your host, Cal the Kaiju Guy. So, what's up, everybody? How's everyone doing today? Um, yeah, uh, I've got got two apologies to make today. Um, the first one is, naturally, uh, I apologize for having the episode come out a day later than usual, but, you know, um if you haven't, like, you know, there's an episode before this one explaining why it was delayed, so I'm, I'm not going to get into all that, but, um, yeah, the second apology that I have to make is that I don't have a whole lot to talk about today, like, I finished the movie, um, uh, I watched as much, like, bonus material on the Blu-ray trilogy that I have for the film as I could. I looked up as much stuff as I could. And unfortunately, and I kind of knew that I was going to run into this issue whenever I was going to be doing the Diamogen trilogy, uh, to be honest with you, I should have covered all three films at one whack. Just do all three movies and everything because um, all three films were filmed simultaneously, like one one after the other, so there's not a whole lot, they had separate directors and stuff, but there's not a whole lot that distinguishes one from the other, I mean, because they still used, you know, the same costumes, the same props, they pretty much built them for the first film, and then whenever it came time for the second and third film, they would just Hand everything off to the next director and be like, okay, here you go. And the only thing that would really change was, uh, location and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, I just, I don't have a whole lot to talk about when it comes to the return of Dimogen, because virtually everything that I discussed, um, whenever I talked about the first Dimogen movie that that all applies to this film there there's very little that I have to share um first of all, it was a different director uh the director by the name of Kinji masumi and this film it was filmed at it's primarily set on a mountainous slash lake type area. And the lake that it was filmed at is called Lake Biwa. And this is a very popular location that a lot of Japanese films were filmed at and all of that. And it was mainly just because, uh, it was very close to Kyoto and a lot of films were done in Kyoto and Like I said, it just wasn't very far away. And so, a lot of times, whenever they would go to make a movie and they needed like a massive body of water or some mountain ranges and things like that, they would just simply go to this lake to film. Um, There was actually a development, a developmental slash construction site going on at the, uh, around the shooting location. And a lot of like the sides of the mountain was getting destroyed so that they could build stuff and all that kind of mess and uh so they actually whenever they would film certain scenes and the the background didn't look very good they used uh paintings in the background so that uh it would have a more realistic look to it and all that uh the director for this film uh, as i said his name was Kinji Masumi He was a storyboard director and I'm only bringing this up because it was a weird little thing that he, he did, you know, like a lot of directors use storyboards, you know, they'll draw like their own little pictures and that helps keep in their mind, like where the camera placement needs to be and, and all that stuff. And he had all of his storyboards in a big notebook and he kept the notebook at his side, pretty much the entire time that they would be filming. And he wouldn't let anybody else see what was in the the notebook. So, like, he would just be sitting there, you know, he would have it tucked away under his arm. He would film a scene. And then whenever he would yell, cut! You know, it's like, okay, now we're going to set up here and set up there. And the whole crew would kind of be like, well, where do we need to be? And he's like, I'll get to you in a second. And, like, he would just move everybody how they needed to be moved, but he wouldn't let anybody see the storyboards, so a lot of times, like, everyone was just kind of standing around waiting for him to get done moving everyone and being like, this is the position you're going to be in, this is the position you're going to be in, and and all of that, and yeah, um, yeah, and pretty much the only other thing I've got to say is that uh, Ricky Hoshimoto returned, no pun intended, to play uh, Dimogen, uh, he, he portrayed Dimogen in all three of the Dimogen films, and so he returned for this one, and unfortunately, aside from a lot of the stuff that I talked about in the first Dimogen film, (laughs) that's pretty much all I've got, guys, Like, I mean, I hate it. I genuinely do. This is probably, like, if I was just to cut it right here, this would be the shortest episode that I've ever done, I would imagine. But, I mean, dead gum. You know, whenever I first sat out to do, like, you know, I got the Dimogen trilogy on Blu-ray from Arrow Arrow Films or Arrow Video, whatever uh, whatever the production company is called. Um, (coughs) You know, I had never seen any of the Dimogen films, and so I I was pretty excited about it, because I'd seen posters of them, I'd heard about them, and I'd kind of, I'd always wanted to see them and all of that, and so I was pretty, pretty pumped about it, and so I got them, watched the first one, freaking loved it, loved it, which, by the way, I love this one as well, and I'll get to more, more on that here in a minute, but, you know, like, okay, we're gonna cover Dimogen, and you know, I watched a lot of of the bonus features that was featured in uh, the Blu-ray and all of that kind of stuff and was able to slap together an episode. It was pretty difficult and all of that because there, there just wasn't a whole lot of information uh, available online. And so I did that episode and I've kind of always been thinking, I think I messed up. You know, like I said... Uh, earlier in the episode, like I was like, man, I really should have done the trilogy at one whack. Just be like, hey, welcome to another episode of Kaiju Carnage. Today we're talking about the Dimension Trilogy because it wasn't until I really started diving into whenever I was doing my episode for the original Dimension that I found out like, oh, these films were filmed simultaneously. They use pretty much the same exact props. They use pretty much the same exact costumes and all of that. So I talked about all of that and I've been very hesitant to move forward with the rest of the Dimogen trilogy because it's like, man, I don't know what I would be able to talk about other than like just giving a review. But I mean, I don't feel like just doing a review episode. So, I mean, I mean, this is going to kind of be a review episode, I suppose, But like, yeah, I put it off and put it off and put it off until finally I was like, okay, okay, I I need to, I need to address this, this elephant in the room. Let me go on ahead and do, uh, the return of Dimogen. And so I did it. And while I was watching the film, you know, and you guys saw, I had to delay the episode. And while I was watching the film, I was scouring the internet looking for anything that I could possibly find, and anything that I was finding was just stuff about the Dimogen Trilogy overall, about how some of the props were made and, and all that, and I was like, man, I already covered that in the first one, you know, like, it's it's it's, it's exactly the same, and I don't want to just rehash, like, okay, guys, you know, like, uh, Let's, let's talk about how the suits were made, even though I already talked about it in the first Dimogen uh, film, and I'm pretty much just going to repeat myself word for word. Let's talk about it again. You know, I didn't want to do that. And so I was like, okay, well, maybe there's something in the special features of this particular Blu-ray for uh, the return of Dimogen that can help me out. And there was an interview with an individual, uh, for, I forget his name. And he was basically just talking about, uh, whenever he was younger and he used to work on the set of the Wrath of Dimogen, um, during the summer, uh, during his summer holidays, as he referred to them as. And, um, (coughs) he, he gave me some of the information, but a lot of the information was he was just kind of talking about, this is how movies were made and, you know, they wanted to do a period drama and. And all that kind of stuff and the difficulty in doing a period drama versus modern, you know, like a regular movie and all of that kind of stuff. And I was just like, ah, oh, like it's, it's all like really generic stuff that doesn't really apply specifically to Dimogen. So the information that I did give you about the storyboards and stuff like that, that's pretty much all I got from his, his interview that I was like, well, that's about the only thing that's really worth talking about. Um... Which I'm not saying it wasn't interesting. I did, I did enjoy the the extra. I'm not bad mouthing the guy or anything. I just felt like he didn't he didn't share a whole lot of information that was really worth me repeating on the podcast. Uh, if if you understand what I'm saying. And so then there was another special feature that said storyboards to screen, showing the production of. The Return of Dimogen. And I was like, hot dog, there it is. That's where I need to be. So I click on it and everything. And it's literally just on one side of the screen, it's the actual film. And on the other side of the screen, it's uh, the storyboards. Just showing the comparison <laughs> um, between the storyboards and the finished product. And I was just like, there's no there's no talking. There's no, no interview or anything like that. And so I was sitting here with my notebook just like... <sighs> foiled again. Okay. (laughs) And, you know, and, um, not going to lie guys, I came dangerously close just to canceling this episode outright and just saying, you know, there's not going to be an episode this week. i messed up and, um, you know, cover something different next week or something. But, you know, I was like, dead gum, like I already said I was going to do it. I know Dimogen has a a decent fan base and, uh, you know, I didn't want to let you guys down to the point of like, well, I said I was going to do Dimogen, but then I had to postpone the episode and now I'm flat out canceling the episode and there's going to be no episode. So I didn't want to do that. And I feel bad because you know like i said yesterday in my announcement episode i feel like the the podcast has been suffering lately just because of everything that's that's going on with the wedding and all of that kind of stuff like i'm i'm putting out episodes later than i normally do and like having to postpone episodes having to cancel episodes like it's just it's it's starting to get aggravating on my end you know like i, I know i don't know how you guys feel about it. Nobody sent me any messages or anything like that complaining about it or anything. And whenever I do post an episode, it gets just as many listens as, you know, as it normally does and everything. Uh, so I guess maybe you guys aren't as hard pressed about, you know, having to have the episode available on Saturday or, you know, something like that. It's just, you know, life has kind of been getting in the way. Uh, life almost got in the way today while I was sitting here this morning, uh, drinking my coffee and scouring for whatever information that I could find. Uh, one of my friends, uh, messaged me and, uh, anyone, any one of my listeners that owns a pickup truck will understand this. Um, she needs assistance in moving, uh, a desk and, Unfortunately, whenever you're pretty much the only guy in your entire group of friends that owns a pickup truck, guess who automatically becomes the go-to guy for any kind of hauling slash moving slash loading slash any kind of transportation of bigger, heavier objects. You guessed it. The guy that owns the truck. And, um uh so she's needing a desk moved and I was sitting there like dadgummit like I'm right in the middle of trying to take my notes like like don't tell me like I'm gonna have to postpone this thing again or something like that and I was just like well when do you need to help and we need to pick it up from Home Depot but Home Depot doesn't open until 10 o'clock and at the time of this recording is 9 30. So I was like, okay, good, cool. Like I'll I'll see you there at uh at ten, and um, so uh, like all right, ura. Uh, so I was able to go ahead and record, uh, what I can, even though it's really just me rambling. Um, fun fact: the girl that I'm gonna be helping move, uh, the object, uh, from Home Depot to her house, is the same girl that introduced me and Emily. Uh, about five years ago whenever we first met and we met because she needed help moving and I was one of the ones that was drafted because I had a pickup truck and Emily was drafted just to simply help you know load things and and all that kind of stuff and everything so it's kind of funny that how me and Emily met was because of this girl asking us to help her move something And now here we are like five years later, a month before me and Emily are getting married and we're getting asked to help move something. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's like, I don't know. I thought it was kind of poetic, but, um, yeah, guys, I had never seen the film prior to watching it for this, uh, this episode and I'm not going to lie. It's another hit. Like, like I said a little while ago, I had never seen Dimogen. It was one of those, you know, more obscure um, tokusatsu films whenever I was growing up. So I didn't have access to it at a younger age. And it's not like, you know, whenever I was in my 20s and stuff like that, that it just readily came on direct TV or was showing on TV and all of that kind of stuff. So it's not like I got to see it that way. And there's not a whole lot of individuals or stores That just has the Diamond Trilogy sitting on their shelves, you know what I mean? So yeah, it was one of those deals to where it's like, I knew what it was, I had heard of it, I kind of always wanted to see it, and then whenever it was announced that Arrow was doing the entire trilogy on Blu-ray, I was like, okay, like, I'll go ahead and get this, and so I got it. And I watched the first one, and loved it, like there's no tomorrow, um you know, watched, uh, the return of Dimogen this weekend, loved it as well. Not quite as much as I love the original, but you know, I like it pretty good. It was, it was pretty good. And so I'm very, My I know that the third one is the, is it's received kind of on the same level as the other two, but I know it's the least well received. So we'll, we'll see what happens whenever I watch it. But yeah, um, Don't know if you guys are aware of it. Well, I'm sure you are, for you fans that's actually watched the film. They all pretty much follow the same basic plot. You know, like you'll have some people that's being oppressed by like a warlord or something like that. He moves in, he's messing with them, wiping out their friends and their family, trying to take over, being cruel and all that kind of stuff. And then they pray to the quote-unquote divine being, which is Dimogen. And then he comes out at some point and, and acts like acts of rage against, uh, against the bad guys and all of that kind of stuff. And it's, it's really, I love the special effects. I love the special effects of whenever they're, um, you know, because what's really cool about the Diamondin trilogy is that, you know, when it comes to kaiju films, A lot of times the sets are miniature. They're very, very small. So all you gotta do is just kind of kick and you can like knock over an entire building a lot of times, you know. But with Dimogen, Dimogen is only roughly two and a half times the size of a normal human. So the sets that they build for him to destroy are rather large. And you get to see like you know, him be able, going through and destroying certain buildings, and they actually had to build these small buildings, like, they're small sheds and stuff like that, essentially, and they had to build them, you know, terribly, pretty much, so they would fall apart real easy, but it's really cool to see that in the movie. The special effects of the film is fantastic, in my opinion, and yeah, like, it's a great movie, um, I'm going to go on ahead and let you guys know that whenever I decide to cover Dimogen 3, otherwise um, known as the Wrath of Dimogen or otherwise known as Dimogen Strikes Back or Strikes Again, whichever one it was, I really can't remember. Um, I'm also just going to strictly talk about the legacy of Dimogen and Dimogen's other appearances and things like that in other media's such as The Great Yokai War, Guardians, such as um, the TV show uh, Daimajin Cannon that uh, ran in 2010, I believe. Like, I'm going to talk about all of that stuff in Daimajin 3 or The uh, the Wrath of Daimajin just so, you know, I can extend the episode out because, you know, like I said, I feel terrible that I said I was going to do this movie and it was one of those deals to where you know, I dug and dug and dug as much as I could, but I couldn't really find hardly any information that really stands out that would warrant like a full-fledged episode. So I do apologize for the, what this episode ended up becoming, you know, it, it wasn't my intention and didn't turn out right. So I apologize for that, but all right, guys, that pretty much does it for, uh, for Dimogen. I do not have uh, an episode lined out for this Saturday. Like, uh, I kind of realized that, uh, just as I was, uh, sitting down to start recording and all that. Like, oh man, I didn't even, I don't even know what I'm covering next, uh, like next weekend and all that. Um, you know what? Yeah, I do. Just on the fly right now, I'm going to go ahead and talk about, you know, I've already talked about season one of Ultra Q. So, this Saturday, next Saturday, a week from today, at the time of this recording, I'm going to be talking about Season 1 of Ultraman. So, that that's uh, that's what I'm going to end up doing. So, um, yeah, guys, again, I'm sorry this episode turned out like this, um, you know, which I had more to report, but I honestly don't. Uh, this is completely unrelated, but going ahead and let you guys know, uh, it got announced yesterday, I believe, at the time of this recording, that... The original novelizations to the original 1954 Gojira, as well as its sequel, Godzilla Raids Again, have finally been translated and are going to be being released here in the States. And it's on Amazon for pre-order right now. I've already got mine pre-ordered and uh, they'll be released in October. So, if you've ever had the desire to read the original novelizations that came out decades ago, like, you know, when the movies released, (laughs) like, if you've ever had a a desire to read the original novelizations to the two original Godzilla films, now's your chance. Just simply get on Amazon and uh, search, like, Godzilla novelizations or, you know... Uh, I'm not entirely sure what what you really search for. I clicked on a link that I saw on on Facebook from Matt Frank. Uh, If you just go to Matt Frank's Facebook page, he he made a post about it, and he shared the Amazon link and all that, and that's what I clicked on. Uh, And you can get your pre-order in, and in October, we'll all be able to sit back and read the uh, original novelizations to uh, Gojira and Godzilla Raids again. So... All right, guys. That pretty much does it. Uh, thank you all for sticking around. Thank you uh, again. I'm sorry about the what, how this episode turned out. Um, I just recently crossed. Uh, I got 220 subscribers on YouTube now. So thank you to everyone who's actually gone there to um, to subscribe and all of that. I have a new method of how I'm going to be doing some unboxings. And all that putting in a little bit more higher quality and production into editing my videos and stuff like that. I think it'll be better for viewing pleasure and all of that. So um, the first episode that I'm going to be doing is the uh, like the special edition, I can't remember what it was called, like the deluxe edition or something of the SH Monster Arts uh, Kong that comes in with all the extra accessories like the Mecha Godzilla Head and all of that kind of stuff. I've already got it filmed. I have it spliced together. I've got to add in a little bit of audio here and there and all of that stuff, and then I'll upload it on YouTube, and you guys can see me do an unboxing and full-on review and all of that stuff of uh, this S.H. Monster Arts Kong figure. So, all right, guys, check me out on all of my social medias. On Facebook, I'm Kaiju Carnage a Godzilla slash King Kong podcast, and I have a Godzilla Ultima fan page. And on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, I am Cal the Kaiju Guy. So thank you guys. As always, you guys are the best. You know, uh, we'll catch y'all next week for season one of Ultraman. Again, I apologize for this episode, but it is what it is. So, alrighty, guys. Thank you all once again. This is Cal the Kaiju Guy signing out.